1: Hello everyone, Charles Watts here, it is Sunday, I hope wherever you're watching or listening to this episode of Inside Arsenal, around the world, you're having a very good end to your weekend, and so you should if you're an Arsenal fan, because it's been a very good weekend for Arsenal, um, and I'm going to talk about that today, why it's been a good weekend, there's been lots of different reasons, Arsenal have won 4-0, they've kept a clean sheet, they've scored four goals away, Kai Havertz have scored, Manchester City have lost, uh, one slight downer was a Tottenham one. We will talk about that, not because of Tottenham winning, but because of the farce of it all. And I feel like I have to mention that. <laughs> uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit later on at the end of the show. But before we get to that joke of what happened in North London yesterday between Liverpool and Tottenham, let's focus on Arsenal, shall we? And what a fantastic win it was for Arsenal at Bournemouth 4-0. If you saw yesterday's video and I did my player ratings, I spoke about it briefly, but I wanted to talk about the game and the big talking points and a lot more depth today. Look at what Mikel Arteta had to say, um, discuss Kai Havertz, things like that. So we'll get stuck into it right now. 4-0 win for the Arsenal. A thoroughly dominant display on the south coast. Um, 15 shots to eight, 8 on target, just the one on target for Bournemouth, which um, David Raya had to say right in the sort of last few seconds of the first half from Christie. Arsenal dominating possession, as you would expect, much more passes, much better passing accuracy. Um, it was just a very, very comfortable win for Arsenal. Um, the kind of win that we haven't really had this season, not in the Premier League anyway, had it at PSV, against PSV in the Champions League, but in the Premier League, it's not really been that way. It's always felt like every game has been a little bit on edge. It's always, you know, sort of one goal in it, that sort of thing. This was the first time we could really sort of relax during a game and enjoy it for what it was, a really comfortable Arsenal um, victory. The Team selection, you know, a lot of the sort of talk leading into the game was who was going to play, who was fit, who wasn't fit, which big players were going to miss out. Well, lots of the big players were there. Mikel Arteta very much keeping cards close to his chest, as usual in his pre-match stuff. I mean, you looked at the start in 11 it was you know, Declan Rice was in there. Bukai Saka was fit. You had on the bench, you had... Um, Fabio Vieira was there. Trossard was there, although he didn't come on. So, you know, I mean, David Rice starting goal. It was a typical back four of White, Saliba, Gabriel, and Zinchenko. Rice was the holding midfielder. Then you had Odegaard and Havertz. And then the front three with Saka, Nketiah and Jesus. Jesus once again lining up on the left uh, with Eddie Nketiah leading the line. All five subs were used. Smith-Rowe coming on. Tommy Asu, Jorginho, Vieira, Nelson. And... Um, and certainly Smith-Rowe made a big, big impact, I thought, in that second half. Really unfortunate not to score. A couple of great saves to deny him. You could see how frustrated he was as well um, that he didn't get himself on the score sheet, uh, especially the second one. Uh, I thought it was a really, really good save from Neto to deny him. And, uh, yeah, felt a little bit sorry for Smith-Rowe. But for the team itself, I mean, the game long, was long done and dusted by the time Smith-Rowe came on. Bakai Saka opened the score in with a header. Um Couldn't miss, really, after a good ball in from Odegaard. Jesus had his header at the back post. hit the post, came back to Bakaya Saka, close range. You know, basically, it was almost like he faced it in rather than headed it in. It wasn't exactly the cleanest of headers, but he got the job done. He got the ball in the net. And then captain stepped up Martin Odegaard to make it two just before halftime. It was a really important goal, that, I think, because Arsenal was so on top in the game. And you just felt they needed to go in with a two-goal advantage into halftime. And they did that after... Uh, Eddie and Ketia again. More good play from Eddie. I thought he did really well in the build-up for the first goal as well. It was him who got the ball in with his back-to-goal turn, drove forward, ended up sort of feeding the ball out wide and, uh, before Odegaard crossed the ball in. And then a really good from Eddie. Good link-up with him and Zinchenko, driving into the box. Definite penalty, brought down by the defender. And um, looked like Saka was going to take it, but as seems to be the way, when Arsenal get a penalty now, you never quite know. Someone's got the ball. It's like, is he going to take it? No. At the last minute, he hands it over to someone else and this time, Saka handed it to so Odegaard, who took his penalty really, really well, sent the goalkeeper the wrong way. and um, The sort of classic Odegaard penalty that we're beginning to see now this season, the stuttered run-up and then uh, gives the keeper the eyes and send in the wrong way. And 2-0, as I said, was just a really important lead, I felt, for Arsenal at halftime to go in with the scoreline reflecting their dominance. That's why I think Reyes' save right on half time from Christie was really important as well to protect that two-goal advantage. And you kind of felt at that point they were going to go on in the second half and comfortably see this game out there. Bournemouth just weren't offering anything. You can see why they're struggling this season. They've not really got any threat. And and I think for Arsenal as well, they they weren't facing a team that was properly trying to low block them as well. You know, Bournemouth, as they do and have always done, depending, you know, doesn't really matter which manager they've had since they've been in the Premier League. Bournemouth do try and at least sort of play football and attack. Um, You know, when they did that, they played into Arsenal's hands and Arsenal picked them off um, fairly, fairly comfortably. In the second half, they added another two goals. Could have been a lot more. Probably, I think, it was the only complaint you could have really had about the scoreline was it was only 4-0 because Arsenal easily could have got, you know, 6-7-8 even. It was was that dominant a performance and they had some good opportunities that they didn't take. Um, But they got the third, Kai Havertz, a really sort of special moment which we'll talk about um, in a minute when he scored the penalty and um, then Ben White sort of rounded things off at the end of a header from Martin Odegaard's Free kick, 4-0, done and dusted. Just a really, really good performance. So many standout performances in that. I did it in my player ratings yesterday. You know, Declan Rice, I thought, was absolutely exceptional in the heart of midfield. Just it, just it was times, as I said yesterday, it reminded me of the era when he got the ball and just drove forward and just left players trailing. You know, they were chasing him, but they couldn't catch him. And he just drove forward and suddenly turned defence into attack. Just a really brilliant performance from Declan Rice. But Martin Odegaard, just exceptional. Another goal. He was involved in all of them. I think actually Odegaard won the penalty for the third goal, set up the fourth, and it was his cross that um, Gabriel Jesus' header hit the post. From that, Saka scored the first goal, so he's involved in all four goals and just played so so well. Some of his touches, you could tell he was enjoying himself. Um, there's not much more to say about Odegaard. It's like every video I seem to come on in and feel like I just wax lyrical about how good he is, and um, and he really really is just an absolute superb player. So he was my man of the match, but there was other good performances as well. Saliba, Gabriel, I thought were absolutely um, exceptional between them. And in defence, so calm. And the few times Bournemouth did have any sort of sight of goal, Gabriel was there to block it. And, and yeah, really good performance. David Ryer as well, I thought, uh, was really, really calm. Mikel, understandably very happy with what he saw from his side. Uh, so very, very happy the way we approached the game. Since yesterday, the team was ready to play. We knew about the challenge we had ahead of us against a team that don't have what they deserve in terms of games that they have played. They don't give you any time. The ball is always under pressure, small ground, very difficult to get out of that. But I think we read the game really well and earn the right to win it. Uh, He was then asked, you know, on whether today's results prove it's far too early to judge this season. He's obviously talking there. The question being asked him was the fact that Manchester City had lost at Wolves. He says, yes, but this is going to happen. Nobody is going to win every single game in this league. Playing the way we have to play every three days, we need to be consistent in what we do. Try to play and pick the right team every time to try and win the game. Some days it's not going to be possible. It's the seventh games of the season. It's a long marathon. And he's right. You know, I just think it's so reactive. It's like a draw feels like a defeat now in the modern world of football to me and how it's, how it's. and I spoke about this last week after the Tottenham game, that I just feel like how it's perceived and the reception it gets, the reaction it gets, certainly on social media. It's just like the end of the world. If you draw a game, it's it's the Premier League. You are not going to win every single game. Yes, it's frustrating when you drop points, but it's going to happen. It's happened forever. It's football. You know, who would have ever predicted Man City going to Wolves yesterday and getting turned over? No one. You know, absolute coupon buster. But it happened because it's a Premier League and because it's football and these type of results happen. So I just think whenever there's a drop, there's a drop point, some of the reaction, just for me, it's like, just calm down, everyone. It's 38-game season. You cannot win every game. It is impossible. Um And, yeah, so uh, it was great to see Arsenal back to winning ways anyway. anyway yesterday in the Premier League, you can understand exactly why... Mikel Arteta was so happy about so many things, the performance levels, but also obviously about Kai Havertz getting his first Arsenal goal. Is If you're watching this on U- YouTube, you can see I've brought up his Instagram picture that he, post- uh, that he posted up after the game of him celebrating his goals. Send solid team performance. Appreciate all the support from my teammates and the travelling fans. It means a lot together. Now, I've got a video here from Harry Simeu that I'm quickly going to show you. Um, Harry was there working for BBC yesterday and I'm sure you all heard the Kai Havertz chant, if you're watching the game uh, you'd have seen and heard the Kai Havertz chant that the away fans just sang over and over and over and over again in the second half, You know, showing him so much support, you heard the roar when Martin Odegaard gave Kai Havertz the ball to take the penalty from the away fans. You know, there was so much support for him. They wanted him to get his first goal. And, you know, it's clearly a very touching moment that he, his teammates, Mikel Arteta, all appreciate. So here's a video of them. If you haven't seen it yet, the away fans singing Kai Havertz song. <laughs> So you can see how much that means to him there and the support he was getting. You could see the way he was talking. He was sort of reacting with his teammates. And it was just a really, really nice moment, I thought, um, for Kai Havertz. And, you know, fingers crossed, it's going to be a really big moment in his season, and Arsenal season as well, because you spend that sort of money on a player. You need him to be at his best. He hasn't been at his best yet. He hasn't really contributed in the final third. And hopefully this is a moment that can really kick him on and he can do that. I remember when... Um, Nicolas Pepe first arrived at Arsenal and he was struggling to make much of an impact in the final third. And Arsenal, I think it was Aubameyang, gave him a penalty against Aston Villa way back then to score his first goal for the club just to get that sort of weight off his shoulders. And it was a really nice moment from Aubameyang. And obviously, Pepe went on to have a decent first season to you know, score score a fair few goals. But getting over the line initially and making that impact initially can be hard. And you know, Aubameyang did that for Pepe and Odegaard yesterday did it for um, for Kai Havertz and it, I think it showed a lot about the team it was I have to admit when I first saw it happening I was like oh my god what are you doing <laughs> it's only 2-0 it's not 5-0 should you really be doing this what if he misses it's going to do him even worse and then suddenly the, you know the game's still on potentially Bournemouth could come back into it and then it leads to even more criticism of Havertz So I was very nervous when I was waiting for him to take the penalty but he stuck it away really really comfortably as he's done we've seen him score some good penalties so far for Arsenal in took one in Community Shield, didn't he? and he took one in um, the Emirates Cup against Sevilla as well. You know, he's a decent penalty taker. Mikel Arteta saying, I'm really happy for the win, but even happier to be part of something, part of a team that shows the human qualities that they have shown today without telling me, without me telling them absolutely nothing to show that and that empathy towards the player that has, has some question marks to resolve externally. They won me even more today. They've done it in a really natural way. I'm delighted they have made that decision. I'm so thankful to our supporters, the way they sang his name have made him feel in a way he has felt today. And if there's a person in the dressing room that deserves it, it's Kai Havertz. I'm so happy for him. Now, obviously, yesterday doesn't wipe away all the question marks about Kai Havertz. Before the goal, I didn't think he was playing particularly well. He's doing nothing wrong, but it was a typical Kai Havertz performance. You know, neat and tidy, moving the ball on when he got it, but not really having an impact in the final third. After he scored the goal, I thought he really Came into it a lot more and just immediately looked more confident when he was on the ball, which was great. You know, but I'm not saying this means Kai Havertz should be starting every single game. Of course not. You know, I think when Emil Smith Rowe came on, you saw that performance that Smith Rowe did, how influential he was in the game, how bright he was, how immediately he forced the goalkeeper into two really good saves. That's what you want to be seeing from Kai Havertz when he's on the pitch, being making an impact all the time, really looking dangerous all the time. That's what he's got to work on. But I do think that it was clearly a a big moment for him, not just the goal, but the away fans, what they were doing, the chant. And you you could see the pressure almost lift off him as he ran over to celebrate the goal. He was smiling for what felt like pretty much the first time since he's arrived at Arsenal. He wasn't looking glum. He wasn't looking like he was carrying the weight on his shoulders. And yeah, hopefully that's going to be a really, really big moment for him. And for Arsenal going forward, because we all know, you know, you spend that sort of money. We need Kai Havertz to play well um, and to perform if Arsenal are going to have a, um, you know, have a really good season. And when you look at the league table now after yesterday's games, Manchester City, of course, dropping points for the first time this season with that really, really surprise defeat at Wolves. Um, Pedro Neto looked good in that game. He's looked very good all season, Pedro Neto. He's looking back to his best. Um, Such an exciting player before he got that injury taking a little bit of time, I think for Pedro Neto to get back to his best, but he's showing signs of that this season and player that Arsenal have liked before been interested in before, you know, I would, uh, if he continues to play this way throughout the season, stays injury free, then I might be banging the Pedro Neto drum come the end of the season. Uh, But yeah, you're looking at that table. It's suddenly all very, very tight ahead of next Sunday's game against Manchester city for Arsenal city sitting top by a point. Tottenham on 17, Arsenal on 17, Liverpool on 16. After that defeat at Tottenham yesterday, um, I think Arsenal and Spurs now that only undefeated teams left in the division. Um, Arsenal's goal difference certainly got a big, big boost from that win yesterday at Bournemouth. Level now with Spurs. So I think Spurs are ahead of Arsenal just on goals scored um, in that league table. Uh, shouldn't be ahead of Arsenal. And I'll talk about that a little bit later on this video. But um, yeah, it's very, very tight. Arsenal win, at Manchester, win against Manchester City next season. Uh, next weekend, they could be sitting top of the table going into the next international break, although Tottenham do have Luton next. So you would suggest that that's going to be another victory for Ange Podjokalusa to get get that name right.
0: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right.
1: Right, I'm going to move on before I talk about that VAR stuff. And I really want to talk about that VAR stuff because it was so, so mad what happened at Tottenham yesterday. Let's go into a few of your questions and comments now, shall we? This is one from Vet Para says, Hi Charles, I think this was probably the first game where we could see why Raya has come in. I thought Ramsdale was superb versus Brentford. I remember thinking his long passes were better than Raya's and he's obviously had a really good shot. He's obviously a really good shot stopper. However, I think the big difference is how well Raya receives the ball and can always step in as another centre-back when we have the ball. That means we have four passing defenders and with Zinchenko stepping into midfield, we always have an extra man. Ramsdale is a better passer than he gets credit for, but he gets charged down, blocked quite frequently. Um, And I find myself more on edge when he's receiving the ball, has it at his feet. I love Rambo regardless. Yeah, look, we all love Ramsdale. Absolutely. 100 percent. But I do think you're really it's it's a really good comment, really good opinion on it. I thought Raya was excellent yesterday. Really, really good. Every single time Bournemouth threw a ball into the box, he was there. He just took it so comfortably. He was so calm, so calm. There was no nervousness. There was no chaos around. I'm not saying there is always when Ramsdale's around coming for crosses, but I do feel a lot more comfortable when Raya's coming out, dealing for crosses, which is weird because he's a lot smaller than Ramsdale. But I just think he's just really, really good at it. And and I feel really comfortable when the ball is coming in and when Raya's coming out to claim it. And I thought with the ball at his feet yesterday, he was very, very good as well. Struggled a little bit against Tottenham. There's clearly a bit of nerves there. I think first North London derby, all eyes were on him. He knew that. I think he struggled a little bit at times with his distribution against Spurs, which was surprising. But he was back to his best yesterday. And and yeah, I think you're right. I think it, it was a very good... So it was a good evidence of why Raya potentially is going to be number one for the foreseeable future at Arsenal when it comes to the Premier League. So thank you very much for your comment there, uh, Vet Parra. Um, here's one from FL Muck. He says, I think Saka is so good and consistent now and we need to be careful not taking for granted he's scored a lot of our first goals to get us going. I saw a stat yesterday that I think Saka now has been involved in it hard. He's either set up or scored half of Arsenal's goals so far this season in the league. And for a player who most people are looking at and saying he's not quite hit top gear yet, it shows just how important he is. Now, he went off injured yesterday, obviously limped off had that horrible sort of collision when him and the Bournemouth player both went for the ball at the same time. And it was just that sort of boot on boot collision. And Saka came off worse, didn't look good, was hobbling off, had to be helped off by the physio and one of the Arsenal players, Jorginho, I think. Um, Mikel was asked about it in the press conference afterwards said he didn't know yet. Yeah, it was too early he was limping obviously but it was too early he said that Gabriel Jesus was limping as well so it will remain to be seen what uh, the deal is well, I don't think we'll have to wait too long Arsenal play on Tuesday night obviously in Lons they'll be um, hosting their open training session ahead of that game tomorrow I'm not sure if that's going to be at London Colney or if it's going to be over in France um, normally it's at London Colney. they normally don't do the training session over in France uh, which they do have the option of doing but uh, so I think we'll find out tomorrow if he's training and whether he's going to be travelling. Um, and he does need a bit of protection. Yes, a lot of you have been leaving the comments saying, why wasn't he taken off at 3-0? And I agree, maybe there was definitely an option to take Sakharov before that incident happened, just to protect him. The game was done. Um, maybe Mikel's thinking that right now. It's all in hindsight, obviously. But he, um, yeah, I think in terms of this comment, he is so good and consistent that it, I think it's very easy to take Sakharov for granted. I think quite a few of us have probably already done that a little bit this season in saying, oh, he's not at his best yet. He needs to perform better. It's easy to say that, but when you look at the numbers and you look at what it's producing week in, week out, how much of an impact he's having on games week in, week out, Um, it just shows just how important he is to this Arsenal team. There's one from Jerry now. Uh, he says, always tend to agree with your analysis, but I think you must have watched a different game today. Nketiah was average at best, and that's being polite. Can't fault his work ethic, but we were nothing with him in the team. I think this is really harsh. I really do, Jerry. And there's a couple of people who said this who replied, it was obviously in response to my player ratings video yesterday when I gave Eddie an eight and I thought he played really well. I'm not sure what, more he, what else he has to redo. Obviously he didn't score yesterday. That would have helped if he'd have scored. He went close a couple of times. Probably should have done better with one shot in the second half. But it was all his own work that got to that shot in the second half. The spin, the turn, the drive forward. He was doing that all game yesterday. I thought it was a really good striker's performance from Eddie Ketter. He had a big impact in the first goal. Again, it was him receiving the ball turning, driving forward, setting up the chance. The ball got played out to Odegaard. He crossed it in and Arsenal scored with Saka scoring. And, um, and it was brilliant from Nketa to win the penalty as well. Again, lovely link-up play, driving forward on the left-hand side, coming inside, linking up with Zinchenko, carrying on his run, drawing the foul, winning the penalty. It was just a, I just thought it was a really good performance for him. I, I just don't know how it can be that's an average at best or be, and that's being polite type performance. I'm not sure what else he has to do to get a bit of credit in Ketia. Look, I don't think Eddie Nketia is the answer to Arsenal's striking problems long-term. I would much rather see Gabriel Jesus playing as the number nine than Eddie Nketia at the moment. But having you know, putting that all to one side and just taking it on a game perspective, I just thought he played really well yesterday and he deserved a lot of credit. And so, yeah, obviously it's all opinions. I know we all have very different opinions when we watch football, but I thought that was a little bit harsh, Jerry. And you weren't the only one who, who said that as well. I was a little bit surprised at... Uh, um, uh, some of the responses to my comments on Eddie okay this isn't Arsenal it does impact Arsenal obviously because this this helped Tottenham go back ahead of Arsenal in the league table um, but this was such an absolute farce I felt like I had to talk about it in this video before finishing the VAR incident at Liverpool versus Spurs yesterday with um, Luis Diaz's goal being disallowed for offside when he was clearly onside and you could see it immediately. The lines weren't shown on the screen, but you didn't you didn't even need to see the lines. You could see it was on side. And it immediately just looked wrong and like something had gone terribly, terribly wrong. And they were talking about it on the commentary, Gary Neville was talking about it. And we heard nothing as the game went on. There was no comment about it. There was no picture of the lines being drawn. And the longer it went on, you just knew that you just knew something had there'd been a big, big mistake. And then PGMO announced afterwards. In a statement that they acknowledged a significant human error during the first half of the Tottenham Hotspur versus Liverpool game, the goal by Luis Diaz was disallowed for offside by the on-field team of match officials. This was a clear and obvious factual error and should have resulted in the goal being rewarded through VAR intervention. However, the VAR failed to intervene. PGMO will conduct a full review of the circumstances which led to the error and will immediately be contacting Liverpool which will be no good to Liverpool, as Arsenal found out last season when that horrendous error happened with Ivan Tony. But this one's even worse than the Ivan Tony one. The Ivan Toney one, there's at least a, there was a few different instances that they were checking in that before they check, uh, forgot to check the lines for that last one. But this one, there's one thing to check, offside, onside. And then now we've since found out that um, the goal, the VAR thought that the, on, or we, we're led to believe that the VAR thought the on-field decision was goal, and so he he checked and said check complete because he felt he thought it was a goal. He didn't realise that the on field decision was offside apparently. And so when he said check complete, thinking that he was awarding the goal, the referee thought that meant that it was offside because the on field decision was offside. And so the goal wasn't given and the game restarted with a free kick to Spurs. What an absolute farce! I mean, I I struggle. And you've got to take it on face value and think this must be right. They're not going to be lying. But I struggle to find out, find a way in my mind to think that they are not just blagging this completely. Because A, the first thing that the camera did was zoom in on the linesman, holding the linesman, holding the offside flag. The Liverpool players didn't celebrate. There was about 40 seconds between the ball going in the net and the game restarting again. How did the VAR and the assistant VAR of all those cameras, everything they were looking at, how were they not talking to the referee with the audio? And the referee saying "Look, this is offside, you know, can you check it for us uh, or whatever the conversation that was had? How can that all happen without someone in the VAR studio realising that the on-field decision was actually offside and not onside? It's just the more you think about it, the more bizarre and odd and unbelievable it all feels. And it's just such a joke. There's a comment here that you sent in Um I can't actually read that name. Apologies. He said, Hi, Charles. Very important here. There is a problem with referees in the Premier League. Looking at the Spurs and Liverpool game, the treatment Liverpool got could happen to any of us or any other team. What is your take in the referee condition? It's a shambles. It's a shambles and it needs to be sorted out. 100. How something like this can go wrong, I don't know. You know, human. Vanera, everyone makes mistakes. I get that, but how a multiple amount of people can make mistakes to lead to this goal being ruled out is just mad. And then why on earth can they not just spot it before the game is restarted with a free kick deep in the Tottenham half rather than the halfway line as a kickoff? Not say, hold on, no, something's wrong here. The whole thing is just a joke. And you know, I think they have to release the audio of this just to clear it up just to get rid of the sense of doubt that everyone, including me, has of how this decision has been made. Um, it's just utterly mad. It really is. And I know it doesn't involve Arsenal. And some of you might not care, but I just felt like I had to talk about it because it was such a mad thing that's happened. And, you know, Tottenham went on and won the game in the last minute, ninety-six minute, playing against nine men. And even Diego yeah, Jota's first yellow card, he got booked for nothing. He didn't, you know, the guy tripped himself up. It's just awful decision-making going on. And yeah, it's just it needs to be improved it really really does but that's it for me everyone thank you very much for watching or listening to today's episode enjoy the rest of your weekend I'm sure you will Arsenal 1-4-0 if you can't enjoy a weekend after that when can you enjoy a weekend I'll be back tomorrow to talk about all things at Arsenal once again have a great Sunday everyone speak to you soon